This is the Illuminate Podcast, a Sandy Boy production. Each week on the Illuminate Podcast, the hosts will bring you insightful conversations and stories of people who are illuminating their own lives through their business, work, community, family, and world. Hello and welcome to the Illuminate Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Emma Benner, and today you are listening to episode 119. And my guest is Kalela Williams. Kalela is the director of writing at Mighty Writers, which is a nonprofit organization where they work with more than 3,500 kids annually to write with clarity. The really cool thing about Mighty Writers is that all of their programs are free to the kids that they serve, and they work with children and families that are in and around the Philadelphia area, and then as well as Atlantic City, Camden, and Newark, New Jersey. And they also run a couple other writing workshops in the Washington Heights community in New York City. So they're um, kind of all over on the East Coast and do a lot of really cool things, which we get to hear about in this episode from Kalela. Kalela herself has worked with nonprofits for more than a decade, and she also has some pieces of her writing that has appeared in literary magazines and has been featured on the BBC. We get to hear all about that in this episode. We get to hear about Kalela's work with Mighty Writers as well as her own writing work. And then she shares about the programs that they offer at Mighty Writers and just about the transformational powers that writing has on these kids and how it can impact your life. And even as as adults, she shares some really fun stories of a couple friends of hers that have... um, had an impact in their life from writing. So this was a really fun episode to record and to get to chat with her. So if you enjoy this podcast episode, we would really appreciate if you shared about it on social media. That is just a really helpful way for new listeners to find the podcast and to hear all of these incredible stories. So you can find us on Instagram. We are at the Illuminate Podcast over there. You can also find Sandy Boy Productions Podcast Network, which is the podcast network that we're a part of on Instagram at Sandy Boy Productions or at SandyBoyProductions.com. And while you're over there, that's where you can find the show notes for this episode and all about this show. Um, you can also learn more about the other podcasts in the Sandy Boy Productions Podcast Network, which are the Urban Pharmacy Podcast, the Y everyone yelling podcast and the all have another podcast so there's a lot of really great podcasts that you can fill up your feed with well that's all i have for you today so i hope you enjoy my conversation with kalela williams All right. Today on the Illuminate podcast, I'm so excited to have Kalela Williams join me from Mighty Writers. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you. Yeah. So can we just start it out? I'd love if you could introduce yourself. Sure. So my name is Kalela Williams, and I am the director of writing at Mighty Writers. Um, So my role is it's a multifaceted role, like many of our roles at Mighty Writers, but um, I teach workshops, I work with um, staff, I teach writing workshops for staff and volunteers, Um, I lead book discussions for Mighty Writers supporters, Um, I do some fun 
uh, reading promotional videos um, and um, various other things, um, but mostly um, working with kids. I love working with kids and that's about my role in a nutshell. Yeah. So can you tell me just like, what was your career path that led you to here? Sure. Um, so I started off, I mean, I went to college, I studied English and I, um, I sort of did the route of um, right after college, I wasn't sure uh, what I wanted to do. I wasn't sure. I, I just didn't know about life. I was Oh, gosh. Um, so I had a lot of jobs, everything from some, some serving to, um, you know, is in waiting tables to um, uh, I worked at a party rental company, all kinds of things. Um, eventually, I started working in college admission with the University of Virginia. And it was there that I started planning events and programs. And of course, working with mostly teenagers, older teenagers, but um, I even worked with a few middle schoolers because the department that I was in was an outreach. And so I helped diversify the university. And I also helped kids think about college, whether or not they wanted to go, go to UVA or not. I wanted them to think about college. I worked in a great department where we taught essay writing workshops and things like that. From there, I worked at Furious Flower Poetry Center at James Madison University, and I planned more programs, more events, um, and worked a lot with poets. Um, Furious Flower promoted black poetry, and that was a really exciting position. Um, and then when I moved to Philadelphia, I started working at the Free Library of Philadelphia doing programs for, um, for the library. And I did that for nine years before I started with Mighty Writers about a year ago. Oh, wow. So it sounds like you've bounced around um, like to different organizations, but it seems like the common theme is, is really like people focused and helping people. Yeah, I, I think so. I think um, getting people um, together, bringing new ideas to people. Um, I think that that's definitely a theme. Yeah. And where do you think that value comes from that value to help other people? Definitely my mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I'm sure you hear that a lot when you ask um, when you ask others, but my mom always um, stressed to think about other people. Um, think about how other people feel, be empathetic, um, come together with other people, even if you have different ideas. I love that. Um, so do you want to talk more about what Mighty Writers is and what you guys do over there? Yeah, absolutely. So Mighty Writers is an organization with the mission of teaching kids to think and write with clarity. Um, and as we say, success follows. Um, and I, I think that's so important myself because I think that the most important skills I have are communication, the ability to communicate. Mm. I feel like, I honestly feel like if you have the ability to communicate, you can do anything in this world. I genuinely believe that. And so that's the core of what Mighty Writers does. We offer workshops um, throughout the greater Philadelphia area. Most of our workshops right now are online, but we do have some other programs that are taking place in person. Um, we have various locations throughout greater Philadelphia, and that includes, say, Atlantic City all the way to, say, Kennett Square. So we're, um, we're a very expansive organization with various locations that, again, has pivoted mostly to online right now with the pandemic. Um, we offer after-school programs. We offer one-on-one -on -one mentoring for kids and tutoring for kids. Um, 
And we serve kids from toddlers to age 17. So from the first time that you're being exposed to letters and numbers and thoughts like that, all the way up to um, leaving high school. So it's a very large age range that we serve. And are most of the people that you're working with, are you seeing that throughout working them from with them from when they're toddlers to age 17? Or do people come and go at various stages? People do come and go, certainly. Um, we certainly have kids who have stayed with us for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I'm, I'm new myself, so I don't, I haven't had one of those like long enduring relationships right. with, with kids. Um, but we do have some kids who stay with us um, for years, uh, mm-hmm. years and years and years. And then we have some who come and go. Um, sometimes kids, of course, in high school, they get a little bit busy. They have sports and extracurriculars and um, and they get a little, their schedule gets a little complicated. But at the same mm-hmm. time, we also have other students who are looking for help with writing and looking for more skill with writing. And so they come to us. Um, so I, so it's, it's, it, it just sort of balances itself out. Um, but we are always looking, we're always looking towards serving more kids. Yeah. And what type of like general population are you working with? Are you seeing kids come in that really um, don't know how to write, don't know how to read even? Or is it sometimes really advanced people that are pursuing it more as a passion? Both, actually. Okay. Um, we have kids who um, who struggled with literacy, um, who maybe don't get the attention that they need in school, mm-hmm. um, and maybe they don't get the resources that they that they need in school. And so um, we supplement that. And we also have kids who are very skilled in writing. Um, we have kids who are um, practiced at it and um, and are really good, and really really skilled, and who still come in to. Um, commune with other kids and also to practice their writing and learn new skills. Yeah, that's that's really wonderful. And are you in partnership with with schools to like kind of balance on what they um, they are working on in schools with their students in regards to writing, or are you completely separate, not even um, taking a look at that curriculum? So I'm actually glad you asked because we, um, historically, we have worked with schools in some ways, um, but for the most part, we're sort of, um, we don't work in concert with a school system mm-hmm. or with um, or with a curriculum because we try to meet kids with, with um, we try not to see this as this is school. We don't want kids okay. to think. Um, so we want to offer ways in which they can connect with writing and reading that doesn't feel like school. It doesn't feel like homework doesn't feel like because you also have to consider especially with the pandemic that kids are this is all voluntary kids are Mm. kids are you know they might have been an online school all day and they still tune in after school to these workshops or on weekends to these workshops um which i think is just incredible i think that it's incredible that they have this um this thirst to learn um and that they're doing this so we try again you know we try not to make it sound like oh this is school however in 2022, we are um, going to be offering our um, workshops in schools. For, I will oh, actually really? be offering. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be offering. Um, so if there's any teachers out there listening in the yeah. Philadelphia area, um, I will be offering some workshops. And some of them approach writing in a different way. So for instance, it might be looking at diverse contemporary poets. It might be looking at um, even something like there's a workshop where I can um I can talk about writing inspired by the 1619 project and um, 
and talk about that, that project and some of the criticisms and praises that the 1619 project has gotten. So, um, so there's various workshops that teachers can sign up for. Um, and uh, we're, we're really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So you mentioned that you were, um, you, most of your writing workshops right now are, um, and your programs are offered virtual and online. Was that always the case or did that transition with COVID? That was a COVID transition. Okay. Um, and we did that pretty quickly. We pivoted on a dime. Yeah. So something I loved reading about um, with your your um, Mighty Writers response to the pandemic was how you all pivoted um, and started to distribute lunches and began a new yeah. program with that. So do you want to share about um, all the work that you did there? Because I think that's really um, interesting and, and cool that your organization that is so focused on, you know, writing and reading and literature and stuff like that just pivoted to helping feed people that needed it. Yeah, so thank you for asking about that as well. Um, we did start off with lunches, um, and then we, when the pandemic really fully hit, we decided to look at providing grocery items, providing necessities, things that people needed. Um, and those were everything from fresh produce, um, which in some of our neighborhoods, it's hard to get that anyway, but also... Um, Things like sanitary napkins or diapers, um, essentials. And diapers were really, really something that people needed. Um, in fact, we actually um, are stepping up our diaper game <laughs> and, um, and offering more diapers um, because we found that that was something that just families just can't get enough diapers. Um, but um, our executive director, Tim Whitaker, his philosophy was kids can't learn if they're hungry. Mm. And so that's what prompted the food distribution. Yeah. And so now we have food distribution offered at eight sites throughout greater Philadelphia. And we have, um, we have long lines sometimes. Um, they go pretty quickly because people just pick up boxes and we have volunteers, but we have a lot of people come out. Um, and for Thanksgiving, we offered chickens and turkeys. Um, we oh, passed cool. out a thousand chickens and about 500 turkeys. Wow. Yeah. No, I love that you said that mission statement about how kids can't learn when they're hungry, because I'm sure that helped to pivot. Like I'm thinking about, you know, with fundraising and all of that sort of thing, um, pivoting to something totally new, I, I assume has to be a little bit challenging um, with getting funds for it. And um, when everyone's so used to funding a program that's all about writing, and then um, as well as like, all of you, like, did you have your hand in that a lot, even though um, your main role is usually with the writing programs? I actually didn't. Um, I started after the food distribution had been well underway. Um, but oh, okay. We, yeah, but but our staff. I mean, I did hear. I did hear about how that began because I was really that was one of the things that really um, having been at the library for almost nine years, you know, it yeah. took a lot to get me to leave. I was I was happy there. Um, I, I, I mean, of course, you know, we all need a change sometimes, but I wasn't specifically looking to leave. Um, so so that was something that I found really great. I found really I, I, I really liked that Mighty Writers offered food distribution and um, and this sort of holistic way of of supporting communities. 
Um, and staff was really, um, my coworkers were just really great at saying, okay, you know, my job has changed a, a bit. Um, mm-hmm. Now I'm going to be, um, rather than focusing on workshops, I'm going to be I'm going to be working with volunteers and getting food out in their neighborhoods. Um, we, um, um, Mighty Riders hired a distribution coordinator um, okay. who is just great. And um, and he helps procure food from various sources. Um, he works with other organizations. Um, we're now working with the um, Pennsylvania, the Philadelphia Housing Authority and offering um, food distribution at a couple of their locations. And we're hoping to expand that. So, um, so yeah, we have somebody on staff who... Um, his whole job is to make sure that we get food and to make sure that food gets out. Um, so it's just, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, I would say it's a well-oiled machine. I mean, obviously every machine has its little blips and, uh, or whatnot, but, um, but we're getting food out. Absolutely. Well, I want to go back on something that you said about how it it was hard for you to leave the library and, um, you weren't specifically seeking it out. So what got you to leave there and be pulled to Mighty Writers? Because I always think, um, you know, making a change and especially a career change is always super interesting to me. Yeah. Um, so I really like teaching. Teaching is something my mom was a teacher and uh, I grew up in a class. I mean, even when I even when I was too young to go to school, um, I still I uh, my ran, my mom ran a daycare even before I, I um, so she ran an early learning center before um, uh, I was able to go to school. And then once I once I transitioned into school, then she started um, she she got back into teaching. She'd been okay. teaching before she had us, of course. But um so yeah, I mean, just growing up in a, in a teaching household, um, that stuff sticks with you. And when I worked at Fury's Flower Poetry Center, one of my jobs was to teach college students. I taught a class every year and I loved it. You know, um, teaching is for some people and it isn't for some people. And um, I highly respect whatever, any wherever anyone's coming from. Um, some people love it and some people just don't really get into it. I love it. I absolutely love it. I love the feeling of um, teaching somebody, somebody something new and that feeling of discovery and all the blah, 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 blah that people say about teaching. Um, but it really means something. And so the idea of being able to teach kids um, was something that was that I didn't get uh, at the library. I did a lot of public mm-hmm. programming, which I loved as well. I love doing public programming. But um, I really missed that element of um, of watching discovery happen. Um, not that that doesn't happen in public programs because it does, it happens in a different way, but, um, but working with students, um, and teaching them things like, um, scanning a poem, you know, something that they never did before, Mm. um, is, is just something that, you know, or, or analyzing a story and seeing these different elements in play that maybe they just never, thought about or never had again you know it's filling in the gaps of what they're not necessarily learning in school so right um or at least letting them get practice at it um so that's what that's what really drew me in yeah well and so let's talk about some of those um some of what you do teach let's what are some of the um programs that you offer and some of your favorite things that you do get to teach uh with mighty writers now yeah, so I um, I think my favorite was um, I taught. Gosh, now I'm blanking on the name of the class. Um, it was it had some creative name, but um, but it was a class for um, maybe more advanced writers or writers who had more practice. Um, and we looked at it was it was 
four weeks of fiction and four weeks of poetry or something like that. And we looked at poetry by poetry and fiction by people who are writing now. Um, a lot of times in school, you, you get, you know, what you learn kind of stops at 1950. Um, but we were looking at who's writing in literary magazines now? Um, what is a literary magazine? <laughs> uh, because a lot of students, of course, have never heard of that. Um, who's writing, um, who's writing chat books, who's writing books of poetry. Mm -hmm. um, so we looked at contemporary writers, um, Denez Smith, um, Jericho Brown, um, oh gosh, um, Toy Derricotte, um, uh, just various various writers. I'm just sort of spouting out. Um, we looked at the inaugural poet, uh, Amanda Gorman's mm, poetry. Cool. Um, and that was something that a lot of kids connected with because it was something that was sort of happening right there. So, yeah. um, so yeah, things like that are really exciting. Um, I also did a workshop as part of one book, one Philadelphia, which I used to run. Um, so that was, that was fun. Um, and it was, it was looking at Jericho Brown's poetry, um, looking at the tradition, we looked at The Hate You Give um, by um, Angie Thomas. And I actually had a chance to interview Angie Thomas with oh, Lit Hop no at way. one point. Yeah, way. Wow. I was trying not to fangirl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was that was really exciting. It was just sort of um, it was me and actually two kids, um, Anthony and Symphony Wallace. They're twins, um, and we had another kid who actually couldn't make it because she unfortunately um, she had something come up. But um, but um, she submitted questions, so we had a really good interview with Angie Thomas, and that was really exciting. We hope to actually use um, Angie Thomas has a journal or, um, out now. She has oh, like a cool. journaling book. And so we plan to actually use that in the spring, um, in the late spring, for um, another, uh, another sort of shorter term workshop. And we're looking at some other things. Like I was just talking with our director of education um, about doing something for, uh, I can never pronounce this right, but NaNoWriMo, uh, National Novel Writing Month uh, in next November, um, you know, maybe having a NaNoWriMo club or something like that. So um, so we're, we're looking at various different things that I'm super excited about. Yeah. Um, what's the journal about and like, what do you do with journaling for um, these programs? Yeah, so um, so Angie Thomas's journal is based on you know a, a theme in a lot of her in, in her novels. Um, I don't know about the upcoming one. She's got a fantasy novel that's upcoming, but I'm sure it's I'm sure there's still that theme. It's finding your voice. Um, oh, she's cool. really she really really hones in on getting kids to find their voice. And as she says, your voice matters. Um, that's what she says. And so she's got this journaling book and it's got writing prompts. It's got space for kids to write. Um, it's got quotes from The Hate You Give. And um, so what I'd like to do is a workshop where we use that journal. And then we also look at passages from The Hate You Give, maybe longer passages. So we give kids um, we're going to actually purchase this this journal for kids and purchase copies of The Hate You Give to actually give them and um, the book you give, I guess. And um, and kids can um, and we'll, we'll sort of work with prompts um, for kids to write along, you know, write with each other and um, they can either share what they write or they don't have to since it is a journal. And I actually got this idea from um, Anthony and Symphony's mom. Um, she asked about a journaling workshop and I thought, you know, um, because she said, you know, journaling is so important for kids. And, um, and I thought that was a really great idea. 
I love that you said like finding your voice and how that sounds so powerful of a way that writing can really transform someone's life. So can you dive more into that and talk about the power of writing and, and the transformation it can have on someone? Yeah. So I'm going to start, I'm going to start with a story actually of a friend of mine, an adult friend. And this is something that maybe a lot of kids can't really relate to, um, but they will one day possibly. Um, But I had a friend, have a friend who was looking to buy a house um, and uh, the house that she really, really wanted, it was a little South Philly row house, um, one like the one I live in. And she really, really liked this house, but there was a bidding war going on. Mm. And so um, her, um, she had the lowest bid and her realtor said, you know, I'm sorry, you know, we, we have what we have. Um, I don't think that, I don't think this is going to fly. I mean, the best you can do, you can try writing a letter to the to the owner and see if, you know, <laughs> he'll take your bid. But that never works. Um, but you know what? She wrote a letter. Oh, and wow. yeah. And she focused on writing this letter. Um, and she's a good writer because she's had a lot of experience writing. Um, she has natural talent, but she has a lot of experience writing um, and she works hard. And you know what? Guess what happened? She got that house. Yeah. <laughs> so to me, that's just one, that's a grown up example of the power of writing. Um, but when I think about, when I think about when I was, um, I started writing for fun almost as soon as I could hold a pen or a pencil rather. Um, that was before I was even, even writing in pen. I mean, even when I was learning how to construct sentences in elementary school, I was writing those sentences into into stories. So I'd write one sentence with a vocabulary word and another sentence, and all those sentences would add up to a story because um, that's just how I wanted to think. But it was something that, um, that was my way of, I, I, I daydreamed a lot. I had, um, I, I, I just, did a lot of daydreaming. And sometimes that took me away from what was going on in class. And mm. writing really helped. It was an outlet for all that daydreaming. It was an outlet. Yeah. And it was a it was a place to put it. And so I could be a bit of a better student, I could pay attention a little bit better when I knew that um, when I knew I could write later, especially because my mom um, saw that I was writing a lot and bought me a bunch of those marble composition books. Mm. And so after school, I would fill those composition books um, after I, you know, I finished my homework or whatever, sometimes before I finished my homework. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that, I mean, there's just, I, you know, I'm, I'm so biased, I guess, because I love writing and reading. But um, I just honestly think that there's nothing you can, I mean, sure, you can't like fly with your own arms. So I'm not going to say there's nothing you can do. But, (laughs) but there's, there's so much that you can do when you are skilled and practiced with writing and reading. And when you love to do it, there's Mm, just, I mean, there's a whole world out there. Yeah. So I want to hear if you have a specific story of an impact that you saw writing had on someone that you worked with. I haven't worked with Mighty Writers long enough to have like, you know, any sort of year over year story. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I will eventually. Some of the kids who I'm working with now are looking at college um, Mm. and they're looking at college essays. And so that's something that I think, um, I think that, that there's, there are going to be some compelling stories there um, because that's such a fraught process. Um, But I think that, um, I think that what really, what I really like is there's one student who I've been working with who's, um, who's really good at public speaking, but every time she has an opportunity to, to speak publicly. Like for instance, at one point she accepted an award 
for Mighty Writers and she made a little speech and it was, um, I shouldn't say little speech, it was a two minute speech and she was really careful about writing it and she, and we worked together on it and, um, and she is so studied and so smart and so researchy. Um, she does her homework. Um, and I think, I think just sort of working with her has been really great. And, and this child could be, um, you know, I know everybody says this, but if she wanted to be, our, uh, I don't want to say our next president because because she's too young. But if she oh. wanted to be president one yeah. day, if that's a job she wanted, she could do it. Um, her communication skills are just so amazing, and working with her, I'm I'm so excited. Um, and and there are other students who I've worked with who I'm so excited about seeing where their lives will take them because they are getting, this, the two students who I mentioned um, regarding Angie Thomas, um, who helped with that interview, these kids are getting remarkable skills and, um, and they're working. They're working so hard. Like for instance, the, Angie Tom the kids who interviewed Angie Thomas, um, mm. we only had a few days heads up. And so um, I was able to send them some books quickly and their mom, you know, made sure that they read those books and she didn't even have to stay on them because the books were that good. <laughs> so, because <laughs> uh, they, but they, they just completely read these novels over the weekend, um, which, you know, what 14 year old and 15 year old, I forget how old they are. Who does that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> these kids, that's who. <laughs> um, so I, I just, I'm, I'm just astounded. And, and to me as somebody who um, I write too, and as somebody who writes, I, I'm inspired by these kids so much. I really am. Yeah. I believe it. I always feel like these, um, anyone in a role like yours where you're giving back to people every day, you know, what everyone says is just like, yes, you're helping them and you're making an impact on them, but they're also turning around and making such a huge impact on you as well and changing your life as well. Yeah. And I, and I really feel like I, I want to be better. I want to be a better writer. Um, mm. I want to be a more published writer because I want to be an example. I want to be a better example to these kids. So that, that actually has been spurring me. Um, that's been sort of like a little cattle, cattle prod, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear about that. What is your writing look like and your writing practice or you said more published? So do you have a published work out there? Um, I have, I have works in small literary magazines. Okay. Um, I, um, I, I think, um, drunken boat. I, a few years ago I did a, um, I did what they call it a folio. Um, and now they're actually called anomalous, anomalous press. They've actually changed their name, but I did something on Afrolation poets, which are poets, um, who black poets, from Appalachia, um, okay. or who are connected with Appalachia. So that was yeah. that was really exciting, um, and I I was able to um, to work with some really really great poets who I had long admired. Um, and I have a few a few other um, publications. At one point, okay. the BBC called me out of the blue what? one day. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and they were like, "We ran across one of your poems, wow. and we want to use it for one of our programs." <gasps> cool. uh, and I'm like, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was that was super fun, um, and I have an essay coming out in a um, in a book that's um, that's being published by a local um, a local publisher, New Door oh, Books. So yeah, I'm excited about that. But um, but I actually am working on um, a young adult novel. And um, when I say working on, I'm actually kind of finished with it. So <laughs> I'm about to pitch it. <laughs> ah, oh, really? Scary. 
Yeah, um, and um, it's it's um, it's tentatively called the rose. Well, the working title is the Rosevine Papers, and it's about okay. a teenage girl who um, she's right about to turn eighteen, and she um, her mom is a scholar of black literature, and she's just sort of a mediocre student, just kind of doing her okay. thing, and. Um, they moved to a plantation house that one of their ancestors mm. actually built. And, um, mm. and there's a lot of um, dealing with memory, heritage, um, what I call the mythology of history, um, mm. the way that we might look at history through rose tinted glasses, and it may not have happened mm. that way. Um, so, so, um, and then of course, ultimately, it's a mother daughter story story. Right. But um, yeah, I had wow. a residency where I worked on that. Um, I, cool. I was able to win a residency and I was like, oh, that's fun. Um, oh, I guess, that's I awesome. Guess, yeah. Yeah. So um, and that was also exciting because, you know, again, it's like, oh, it's a it's an example for kids. It's a it's a it's um, you know, it's a it's something for them to look at and see. And and, um, and so, yeah, I think I think any way that that my work can inspire young people is just, you know, is great, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I have to imagine, well, one, that sounds like a really wonderful book and you'll have to um, let me know when, um, you know, that's out in the world and we're able to promote it and, and purchase one for ourselves because I think that's um, really incredible. But it also seems like you have to be working and, and all your previous jobs as well sound like they pair really well to writing a book on the side um, because I'm sure all of your coworkers and um, your higher ups and everything like that just really support you in that whole journey and understand when you're like kind of fried from from working on it a certain way or something like that. I have to imagine that they really understand the whole process better than um, another organization or another career would. Yeah, um, Mighty Writers has been super supportive. Um, they oh, have cool. been really supportive of, um, you know, the writing residency. They were very supportive. Um, They're very supportive about, um, um, you know, people are asking, oh, how's this coming along or how's that coming along? Um, and, um, and, I, and uh, you know, just being candid, the work is less stressful with Mighty Writers. It's not to say it's not busy, um, but there's less because I'm not doing as many events, um, at the library, I did a lot of events and events, you, your brain never stops working. Mm, um, yeah. it just never stops working when you have program after program after program. Um, oh boy, mm -hmm. <laughs> you are always thinking about, you know, you have dreams about what can go wrong and then you wake up and like type out an email to make sure it doesn't go wrong. <laughs> um, so I, so the, the, the job at the library was a little bit more intensive and left me less time to write because there was just so much going on. And okay. um, yeah, so I didn't have, I actually sort of put writing down a lot while I was at the library. And that was another oh. thing that um, I wasn't sure about with Mighty Writers when I started. I wasn't, you know, you're never sure like what, um, what a job will really be until you actually do it. But, um, but I do feel like I'm, I'm under less, um, I don't wake up at two in the morning very much anymore. So, I mean, yeah. I do, but it's usually because of a cat or something. Yeah, it's that's not... much better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not stress not really, over. But sure, yeah, <laughs> but not not stressful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Still, don't want to wake up at two in the morning, no matter what it is, but not yeah. <laughs> anxiety inducing for sure. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so I was able to pick writing back up. Um, 
uh, after starting with Mighty Raiders and sort of being in the loop for a little bit, because okay. um, you know you want to take a little take a little time to get adjusted and realize where where am I? What's going on? Who yeah. are these people? Ah. I get it but, yeah. totally. <laughs> um, so before I hit you with the end of podcast questions and we start to wrap up, I want to offer you um, the opportunity. Is there anything else that we didn't cover that you would like to um, share about with Mighty Riders and how people can support you or different programs that you have or anything that you um, want to? plug absolutely so again i think i i i love mighty writers and i think that you know everywhere i go it seems like um i was doing something with my alumni group for college and i mentioned that i worked with mighty writers and somebody in i don't remember where she lived utah or something was like oh i've heard of you um, and i'm just like wow what what um and it turns out her sister or a friend or someone had volunteered for us um so it it really i'm, I'm really astounded at how much of a beloved organization we are um and uh sometimes if i wear my t-shirt around town people see it and they comment on it and they're like, Oh, Oh, oh you work with mighty writers. My, my kid did workshops or I volunteered once or whatever. Oh, cool. Um, so I, it's, it, that's always really gratifying. Um, and one thing that we always, we are always in need of support. Um, we're in need of, um, obviously we're a nonprofit. So financial support, of course, yes. but at the same time, we have so many volunteer opportunities. Um, we have volunteers who offer one-on-one mentorships. We have volunteers who serve as teaching assistants for our workshops, either online or in person. We have volunteers who help with our after-school programs. Um, we will, um, when we do special programs, when we take kids on field trips, we always need volunteers to help with that. Um, we have a volunteer manager who coordinates these opportunities, but we're always in need of people to help out. Um, food distribution, that's another thing that we um, could just, I mean, we could not do that without our volunteers. There's, we totally. could not be this organization without our volunteers. So, um, anyone who's listening, if you volunteer with us or if you support us in any way, financially or otherwise, um, thank you because like any nonprofit and especially this nonprofit, we absolutely couldn't do what we do without the people around us who support us. Um, and I think too, if, if you, um, you know, people who who have young people in their lives, whether it's their own kids, whether it's a niece or nephew or a friend's child, um, we're here. We're here. We're free. Um, I'm not sure if I mentioned, but everything that we offer is free. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. So, so we we want to work with your kids. We want to provide. A, we want to support your kids. We want to be there for your kids. Yes, I love that. Um... Thank you for sharing. And yeah, I do hope that people get to go check it out. And hopefully if people are local, they'll get involved volunteering or yeah, joining the program as a child or anything like that. Um, would be cool to see your organization continue to thrive and do well. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so to, to wrap it up here, um, this question is just perfect for you. I'm sure you're going to have a long list, but what is the best or most recent book that you have read? Oh, gosh. Um, so I just finished reading um, A Man Called Ove with mm. um, our book discussion group. And I didn't read it with the group because that would be really boring if we just sat there together, blah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 <laughs> and read 300 pages. But um, but we read it. And um, it's such an interesting book. It's um, it's. The author is Swedish. It was translated um, from Swedish. Um, 
And uh, most of the books that we read, of course, are written by U.S. authors, um, but this one was not even published in the U.S. until several, until a year, over a year after its initial publication. Mm. Um, and it didn't really take off in the U.S. until local bookstores started promoting it. So its story is really interesting. Um, it's got a really interesting backstory. Um, I am, oh gosh, as far as on my own free time, um, oh gosh, so many books. Um, well, right now I'm reading a very kind of nerdy nonfiction. I'm reading a biography of Mary Todd Lincoln. Don't ask. Um, I'm a nerd. Oh, I admit it. Um, I admit it. <laughs> I love that. Um, but there's so many other books that I'm that I'm looking forward to reading and um, and and talking about with people. Yeah, wonderful. I knew you'd have some good recommendations because I'm sure you're always going through a lit. Not only going through them yourself, but I'm sure you're getting recommendations left and right. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, all right. So we shared a lot about Mighty Writers, but what's another organization that you like to support and you would like to share about today? Hmm. Um, ooh. Can we play some Jeopardy music right now? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to say, um, you know, I didn't get my cats from Morris Animal Shelter, but a lot of my friends did. Um, mm. And um, so I, I would say I'm going to I'm going to go with Morris Animal Shelter because it's the holiday season. And um, not that pets know about holidays because they kind of don't. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but I always just think about like family and I love animals. Um, I, I'm a cat person. I'm a certified crazy cat lady. I love um, it. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm talking so much about books and writing, it kind of follows. Um, yeah. I worked in a library for almost 10 years. It's, um, <laughs> it fits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's the profile. Um, but I have three of them. Um, and yeah, and, I, and, I, and I've heard really great things about Morris. Um, they do a lot of programs. They do a lot of things. So, um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with them um, as far as an organization to support. Yeah. That is wonderful. You know, I've had a couple people... Um, that I've interviewed recently that have recommended um, an animal shelter. So it's it's on a lot of people's minds lately, and I love that. Um, and who or what is illuminating or inspiring you in your life right now? Um, so I about my mother, and unfortunately, my mom passed away 10 years ago. Mm. Um, I would say I, I'm thinking a lot about her now. I just had a birthday, and so during birthdays, of course, I always think about my mom because yeah. – um, because, you know, that was her day too. I mean, it wasn't a great day for her, I'm sure, but um, maybe it was. I mean, I'm sure it was a great day in many ways and a very difficult day in other ways. Um, but, um, um, but I, yeah, I, I'm thinking a lot about my mom um, around this time of year. And then to finish it out here, what is your one message that you would like to send to the world or to our audience today? That is a great question. There is so much going on right now. Um, I am sometimes like anybody, I read the news sometimes and I have occasional glimpses into the amazement of how wonderful we are as human beings. But I also have those little twitches of fear and anxiety and, um, and sometimes anger at, um, at disregard for other people at a sort of, in some ways, a communal disregard for for others. Um, and, and that, that makes me really sad and disheartened. Um, but I think at the end of the day, I think if we can understand each other and, and find a way to talk to each other and find a way to listen, and I try to work on that myself, I, I have to be better at listening and I have to be better at, um, 
at hearing people, not just listening, but hearing mm. people and, and taking in what people have to say and considering that. But, um, but I would say that the word aspirational always comes up when I'm, it, 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 it always pops into my head as I'm writing, you know, mm. and maybe, maybe I'm writing a little rosy tinted, maybe I'm writing a little more rosy tinted than I could be, but I would say always aspire always aspire. And, and I'm not necessarily talking about, you know, a career or um, whatever that is. I'm talking about aspire to be the best person that you can um, so that you can connect with people in the best way that you can. 